Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So the Tampa Bay Lightning go into New Jersey. They have a 2-1 to lead early in the third, but oh, the penalties, man. They lose to the Devils 5-2, to including a couple, couple empty netters. And their series is now two games to one over New Jersey. And the Rays, they get horrible news on Kevin Kiermaier. Remember we talked about his injury. Well, he's going to need surgery on his thumb. He's going to miss 8 to 12 weeks. More bad news for KK. But then they go out and they hammer the Texas Rangers and snap a four-game losing streak, six in a row at home with a big 8-4 to win over them. And the Bucks report to their off-season workout program. And Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson – Well, they were on the same page, for one day at least. All that and more on this Tuesday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud with the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sports day. To take advantage of the deal, that's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. Well, Steve, the Lightning lose 5-2. to two. It wasn't the score necessarily that was bad. Uh, it was the fact that they had a 2-1 to one lead early in the third period. They had control of this game. A goal by Steven Stamkos, that's his first of the series. And then things, man, as they say, they escalated quickly. Um, it, was, uh, it was remarkable just how fast, you know, Things got away from them, but it all came down really to the penalties that they took in this game. I mean, it was, you know, just giving New Jersey so many chances, including a five on three, and it got to the point where you just can't overcome those things. Well, head coach John Cooper said it. He said, We did it to ourselves, and they absolutely did. Uh, undisciplined in the third period, took some penalties, and the penalty kill was actually doing pretty well until they ended up with a five on three, and that's when they scored the, the tying goal there. But yeah, they were in control of this game. They matched. Everyone was talking about matching New Jersey's energy in the first period. I thought the Lightning outplayed them in the first period. I thought they played a very good first two periods. Um, they got the goal in the third period on the power play, which, by the way, was nice to see as they entered the zone on that power play. The Lightning's MO is they enter the zone, they stop halfway down the, the, the boards and regroup and reset up and wait to get set up on a, on a power play or even most offensive possessions. This time... They entered the zone. They started passing right away before New Jersey could get set up. And Steven Stamkos, a great wrist shot um, on a beautiful feed from Nikita Kucherov. To to take the 2-1 lead, Stamkos gets his first goal since March 3rd, and you think everything's going well. And then that's when the penalty started coming, including a too-many-men-on-the-ice penalty, which was just a mental mistake between Yanni Gord and Alex Kalorn. Uh, didn't have his stick. He went to the bench. The other guy jumps on, but he was trying to just do another stick and go on. and, and, And I know... Some people are saying it shouldn't have been called. Uh, it is, it's a penalty that's up to the referee's discretion to call or not. It was a penalty. They could have not but called it. But it was sort of away from the play. I mean, I know Chief, uh, we were talking, you know, listening after the game, uh, Bobby the Chief Taylor just said, you know, in that situation, it didn't affect the play. 
But you made the point that that you know, but Kalorn was halfway in the middle of the ice almost. I mean, he was by the time Yanni Gord there. got off the ice, Kalorn was already yeah. in the middle. You know, approaching the play and, and that. Uh, right. I, I think it was a penalty. I mean, it's one of those they could have chose not to call. Maybe in that instance, whether they should or not, I don't know. But it was a penalty, and it's a mental mistake that they made. To, they did to themselves, and that caused the five on three, which then the Devils you know, scored to tie the game up, and then it was a new ball game from there. Well, the power plays, uh, you know, like you said, they've been doing good on the penalty kill until then. Boy, by the way, well, they still Taylor went one Hall, for seven tonight. They still went one for no, seven I, on yeah, the penalty no, they, kill. Right, they did well. I mean, numbers wise, but it's just the momentum of that. You know what I mean? Like when you're when you're spending that much time trying to kill off penalties, you just can't, you know, you can't do anything on your own side. I mean, that's why they were outshot twenty to eight in the third period, largely because they were having to defend all those power plays. Um, but I was going to say Taylor Hall, what a monster this guy is, man! I hadn't had a chance to watch him very much this year. I know he, I knew he was an MVP candidate. He had just like an unbelievable scoring surge since like October. Um, he's already got two goals now and three assists and 17 shots on goal in this series. And, you know, his feed, you know, set up the, uh, the game tying goal. Um, and, of course, he had one himself. But, I mean, you know, for as much as everybody tries to stop this guy, he is just such a force when he's got the puck. Oh, he's a superstar and a former first-round pick. Um, it was traded uh, to New Jersey, um, and and he's really flourished uh, getting away, you know, getting coming to New Jersey system. He's flourished, and and I believe he will be the MVP this year. I mean, he's been that solid. He he led the team. He led his team in scoring. The next highest player on his team was forty one points behind him. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, he does it all, and you know, he comes. I mean, he comes back for the puck. He goes down the ice with speed. He can pass. That's the thing. He's not just a scorer. I mean, the guy, he makes plays, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he, he just he sets people up. Um, been fun to watch. I mean, you want to talk about a superstar uh, in the making, you know, right in front of your eyes. To watch him play is really is really something. I mean, I think, look, overall, I think the Lightning have a better team. I expect them to, you know, to come back and take, you know, control of the series. If they get one game and they're 3-1 going home, that's that's where you want to be. Um, it was unfortunate because they had the lead at two to one, you know, early in the third period after Stamkos's goal. So you felt like, well, they could put these guys away right here, and probably should have, um, you know. But again, you, you you can't anticipate having all those penalties, and it's not something. You know, that's the other thing. Like one of them, you know, Paquette gets what tripping like two hundred feet away. Mm-hmm. You know, after the game, you mentioned uh, John Cooper said it. It was self-inflicted wounds. Any momentum that was they gained in that game was just because of our penalties and it was it was just the type of penalties we took like every penalty was 200 feet from our net and you you just we we talk about that and and we showed pretty good discipline for two periods and it was uh it, it was just too bad because i thought for you know for sure two periods and then we get the go ahead goal and we had I thought pretty good control of that game, uh, but you can't you can't just keep taking the penalties where we took them, and then I mean to go down five on three the way that happened was uh, was tough, and so it was uh, it was just we 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 did it to ourselves. So see, we knew there would be changes, especially in the net. Corey Schneider took over in, in this game. How much of an impact do you think that he had? I thought he played very, very solid, even after it looked like he was hurt uh, there for a minute. 
Yeah, he got hurt uh, late in the game and, and stayed in. Looked like he kind of messed up his groin again, which has been a bugaboo for him all year. Uh, but the Lightning scored two goals tonight, both of them on the power play, which meant five on five, he gave up nothing. I thought he played very well uh, in goal for them. Probably needed, you know, I think John Hines needed to make that change going into today um, after he pulled Keith Kincaid. Not that Keith Kincaid is the reason they lost the first two games at all, but I thought Corey Schneider came in and played well. He's a veteran. He, he is really their goalie. Keith Kincaid kind of took over late because of Corey Schneider's injuries, and he got hot down the stretch. But, you know, that is Corey Schneider's team as far as in goal. Um, and I thought it was the right move for them, and it paid off, and he was, I thought he was very good tonight. Uh, you got to hope that uh, you know that he doesn't suddenly get hot and try and carries them in this series. But um, he was very solid, and and you know there were some there were some bad penalties too. Uh, and, and we'll talk about the one that uh, I know everybody was up in arms about, and that was when Coleman Drew uh, turns and and he sort of runs into the elbow of Mikhail Sergachev, and it didn't look like it was an intentional hit to the head. But now I guess in the NHL, anytime a guy gets hit. In, in across the head or the upper part of the body like that, they're just automatically, it seems, calling penalties. Well, I'm okay. You know, look, I'm all for player safety and if, if, you know, hits to the head and that, but you can't turn into a guy's elbow and then say, I got hit in the head and, you know, draw a penalty. And it sure looked like he took a dive. I mean, that's what John Cooper was saying on the bench. Oh, did you see him? He was actually making the diving motion. I don't, I've not seen coaches do that from the bench, and they were going back and forth at each other pretty good. When we watched it live, and you know they were showing him on the ice down, he kind of looked right. up and kind of lifted up and looked up kind of like, who's watching me? <laughs> and, and then they cut away real quick. It wasn't a real long thing, and I didn't see it again. And, you know, it almost looked like it was kind of, I'm trying, you know, I need, I need to make sure I'm staying down long enough to, to make sure we get this penalty. Um, that's what it, it, that's that's the perception I had of it before Cooper was even calling for the diving penalty. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, Sergachev is skating back to his zone. Coleman's turning around and kind of runs into Sergachev, and, and I don't know how you call that a hit to the head. I thought that was a really bad penalty. Just overall, how do you think this game was officiated? I mean, you know, it, I mean, this happens in every home arena, right? But man. The New Jersey crowd was whining every time somebody hit the ice. You know, it was just relentless. They definitely called more. I mean, it was definitely called tighter than the first two games. I uh, thought for so sure. too. And, and, and overall, in the playoffs, th- this series had kind of been the exception. Is the amount of penalty calls had been way up in the playoffs that, this year? Oh, they Except, have been. Okay. Oh yeah, there's been 38 power play goals going into tonight. Um, oh wow! Just the you know the first couple games of each series. Um, which is quite a lot because normally they swallow their whistles in the playoffs. And, and really, they've been right. calling more penalties, except in this series they hadn't been. Now tonight, seven power plays for uh, New Jersey. It was four power plays for the Lightning. And there was also some four-on-four time in there too. So um, there was mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of special teams played tonight, which was which was unusual for, for playoff games and, and, and made the game a little more choppy and a little different than, than the first two games, which had very few power play times. Not after the Sergachev penalty, um, you know, Steven Stamkos was talking to the ref. They have all this, you know, time to, to discuss how the game is being called. And I swear I saw him say to him, let us play. You know, that that was kind of the, you know, kind of the theme there. And, of course, that's what you're going to say after you've just after you've just been handed a penalty. But, um, and the yeah, game, I mean, the game it was, got chippy at the end, too, with, with it uh, did. old Lightning teammate Brian Boyle. 
which who was which, laughing the whole time he's trying to punch people. He was, but and notice, he made a good point. Notice he went to the one guy on the ice who was not his teammate in Tampa Bay, <laughs> Corey Conacher, right. and then got into it with the rookie. And they got into Sergeyev, yeah, yeah, the rookie who wasn't teammates with. Those are the guys he was fighting and, and egging on <laughs> and, and laughing the whole time as it got really chippy yeah. at the end. And, and there's is an easy way to end that. You want to end that the, that kind of stuff at the end of playoff games, which happens too often, is carry those penalties over. Right. Start giving out five-minute and ten-minute game misconduct penalties and stuff and carry it over to the next game, and you'll end that stuff real quick. Yeah, because it seems like that's that's become the norm now at the end of games in mm-hmm. playoffs. You know what I mean? A team is beaten, the clock's winding down, and now we're going to exact our revenge on the whole game when some yeah. guy's gotten under your skin. Yeah. Carry the penalty to the next game. That'll end it real quick. It's, yeah, it's like, I, you know, the, these officials lose control of games because there'll be scrums and there'll be scrums and there'll be scrums, and all they ever do is even up the penalties. Two guys go to the box, and no one ever gets a power play, which is why they keep doing it over and over again. You want right, to end it. that stuff? Start giving power plays, and you'll end that real quick. It yeah, doesn't have, they have to, to be do that it, way. They have to do it across the board because as soon as you, you, know, you, well, you leave one team shorthanded for right. the next game, well, but carrying you know. over, but I mean, just in general, when you have, you know, every time in front of the goalie and, and then sticks come right, up and everyone's right. pushing and shoving, start, start saying, okay, you instigated it, you're on the box. And you'll stop mm-hmm. that stuff real quick. But they know that if I go in there and start pushing and shoving and this, the other team's going to do it back and you're just going to even us up and nobody, it's no harm, no foul. So I'm going to keep doing it. A couple other notes as we wrap up the Lightning uh, in their loss, uh, of course, to the J- Devils. Um, JT Miller, man, <laughs> in Ouch. the. In the example number one billion six hundred seventy-seven thousand, I mean, of tough guys, he takes a puck at point-blank range to the face, in the face, and and manages to come back in the game. I'm just going to tell you flat out, okay? If I lose a tooth, if I so much as have a cut, if somebody whacks a puck anywhere near my dome, I'm out for a month and a half, two months, easy. Um, and, and you could see, I mean, we came back, man, his face was not in a good position. Um, but man, that the toughness of these guys, and I know it's playoffs and I know, but it, it really is something. But most to, of these guys would do that in a regular season game too. I know they would. I know they would. They do it out on a pond someplace in Canada. You know what I mean? It's just the way they're conditioned, but I just don't know how, I mean, their pain tolerance is, is, is ridiculous. Uh, another guy that played hurt, I guess uh, Girardi made it back, right? Girardi played. Uh, Callahan was out, but he did skate this morning at morning skate. So there's a chance he'll be back Wednesday for game four. Uh, Corey Conacher slotted in today. Matthew Peck, of course, had been called up as an emergency recall, still with them. Uh, but Callahan yeah. could play. Girardi played tonight. He seemed fine. Um, they never really did give an update on what happened or why he was out. He wasn't on the injury report today at all. So That's good news. And then Alex Kalorn, uh wrapping up, had another power play goal. That's his third of the series, four goals altogether in these three games. And, and he's just fulfilling what has been, you know, sort of his sort of his calling card. You know, the, the playoff goals, and, and most of them usually come in the third period, but he gets another power play goal tonight. Yeah, he is, it, it's, it's amazing how when the playoffs come, there's Alex Kalorn. Half the season you'll be going, where did, where'd Alex Kalorn go? You, kind of, you, you can almost forget about him sometimes on this team. Um, in the regular season, but then the playoffs come and there he is. Man, early on in the year, and it wasn't that early. I mean, he was sitting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There with five goals. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, what happened to this guy? Like I, and he was falling. I remember we were making, I was kind of making fun of him. It was like, every time I see Kalorin, it seems like he's slipping somewhere on the ice. And he's just been – he's one of those guys that's uh, I think playoff hockey is sort of made for because he kind of hangs around the net. Well, he's a, big, he's a big guy that can skate. Bigger body. He's a big guy yeah. that can skate. And it's yeah. know, when the playoffs get a little more clutching and grabbing and, and, and yeah. that, he, his he type survives. of game – his type of game is built for the playoffs. It plays. It plays in the postseason. And what a great pass by Kucherov, man. That guy is just phenomenal. Um, puts it right on his stick uh, for a power play goal. So anyway, I thought you know they they played okay. You know, and you know how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? But they played okay until uh, all the penalties came, and then and then of course the two empty netters at the end uh, make it uh, five to two. But we'll have a game. Uh, I guess it'd be game four is going to be Wednesday at seven thirty in New Jersey. And really, um, does this shift the momentum, or you think that 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 doesn't carry over from one game to the next? Momentum really doesn't carry over from game to game in the NHL unless you're talking injuries and things like that where you know players are going to be out of the lineup. I think the Lightning I, I I think you know the first two periods I thought they they carried most of the play. I thought they were the better team for the first two periods and even going mm-hmm. into the third and they had that lead. Early third, yeah. Um you know they kind of did it to themselves. I I don't think, you know, I don't think New Jersey took momentum from this series, you know, by the win tonight. Now, they needed the win to stay alive. You don't not many teams, you know, I think four teams in the history of the NHL have coming back from 3-0 deficits. So right. New, Jer- New Jersey needed that win at home. Uh but I don't think this I don't think now as soon as you start getting, hey, New Jersey's uh, you know, got the advantage in this series at all at this point. I mean, I think the Lightning if they play this, if they play the game that they did tonight and eliminate some of those penalties, then you know they should come out on top come Wednesday night. Well, like they say, uh, the series doesn't begin until both teams have lost the game, right? So, really, um, some will say you know the series doesn't begin until someone loses a home game. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. And, and the Lightning will just have to win. I mean, they're trying to do what New Jersey couldn't do, which is win one on the road and then. You're in complete control of the series if you're coming back three one. Yeah, yeah. You go split. You go split those games on the road. Those two games, you're golden at three one coming. Absolutely, home. absolutely. Well, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they haven't been splitting with anybody. They they lost their third series. Uh, they just completed over the weekend with the Phillies, and they got some horrible news. Uh, I covered that game on Sunday. On Monday, Kevin Kiermaier had his MRI, and it was all bad. He's going to have to have surgery on his right thumb that he jammed uh, sliding into second base in the first inning on Sunday. He's going to be out, get this, Steve, 8 to 12 weeks. Well, and Mark Topkins said it's probably going to be closer to that 12 or even 13 weeks than the 8. Uh, and I, I believe that for a couple reasons, not the least of which is, you know, um, it's his throwing hand. I, I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to do this maybe to your left hand. Mike Trout had a similar injury. Uh, I guess, but it was to his left hand, and so he came back a little bit sooner. But you got to be able to grip a ball, let alone a bat. And this one was pretty ugly. And they knew it after the game. I mean, it was nobody tried to to try to hide the fact that even though it wasn't broken, that this was something that was going to be significant time. This is going to be one of the longest. Uh, I think you know uh, he broke his wrist two years ago. That was a long injury. Um, last year was the you know the slight hairline fracture in his hip. 
this one's going to be going to keep him out as long as any of them. And and we talked about this a little bit before, uh, you know, yesterday when it occurred. But I I just believe that at some point, you know, Kevin Kiermaier has to look at his career and the way he plays, and and not necessarily change the way he plays, but be more selective about you know how when he goes for it. You know, like taking a bag. Uh, you know, going from first to second in the first inning of, of the 15th game of the season and, and risking something like that, always sliding head first. I mean, those are all things he's going to have to consider. Uh, otherwise, he's just not going to stay in this game for very long. Well, and, and, you know, it turns out that he was the reason the lineup was doing so poorly because, you know, he didn't play <laughs> today right. and they scored eight runs. <laughs> they bashed everybody, I know. Got Kiermaier <laughs> out of the middle of the lineup. Now look what we can do. Yeah, well, the, the hero of the day, and it was true. I mean, they battered the Rangers. They were up 8-1. They went 8-4, but... Blake Snell is suddenly turning into what they hoped he would be, and I know it's, again, it's very, very early, but they've been waiting for one of the big three to kind of do his job, and for the first time, uh, one of those starting pitchers made it into the seventh inning and nearly finished the seventh inning, but uh, he goes into the seventh inning. He allows one run on five hits, strikes out nine, and here's the key. He walked nobody. He threw 103 pitches. Uh, and according to Neil Solons, who keeps these stats, six full counts <laughs> down from 10. Down from 10 the game, game before. So, <laughs> I love the analytics and that. Um, but Blake, Blake is starting Blake, to so. show his potential now. Now we just He's growing up. He, he needs to throw inside more. That, that's yeah, the that's one thing true. missing from his game is he needs to establish the inside part of the plate, which he does not do. If he not starts yet. establishing the inside part of the plate as well as his stuff is and as well as he's pitched most of this year, he had one bout outing, outing really. Mm-hmm. If he yeah. can start establishing the inside part of the plate and making the hitters have to guard the whole plate instead of just the right. outside part, he can, be a, he can be a really effective good pitcher. Yeah, I mean, he was throwing 97, 98 at times tonight. And, uh, you know, he, the one thing I love about him is that he has no trouble throwing four, not three, but all four pitches that are plus-plus pitches, and he will use them all mm-hmm. uh, and has pretty good command of them. And he did he did tonight, obviously, with no walks and 103 pitches. So uh, good on Blake Snell, good for the Rays. That's what they're going to have to have if they're going to win and a little bit of, little bit of offense. And you know what? Sometimes, um, regardless of who you beat up on, uh, sometimes that's what you need. You know, you need one of those days where everybody hits – uh, it carries over. You just you just start get a little toasty, and you get more confidence, obviously. And it doesn't seem to matter who you face. They got Matt Moore, former Rays, going against them uh, on Tuesday. So uh, Matt's off to a tough start with the Rangers. So they got a couple more left-handers uh, coming up, and uh, maybe they'll have success with that same lineup that they threw out there on Monday. And Yanni uh, Torino's pitching for Tuesday. Yeah, and and Yanni should be. He's going to end up being, I think, their starter. But they, you know, again with two bullpen days, they got to kind of figure out how they're going to work this bullpen um, since they're trying to stretch it out. But I, I think if Sharino's well, they want to get him stretched yeah. out too to be a starter. Yeah, they're building up his innings, and and uh, it's clear that Kevin Cash. He's not ready to, to name it yet, but it's clear that that's that's their intent. And I think they'll have, you know, they'll have four starters um, just you know sort of designated here before long, and then they can go the bullpen day when they need a fifth one. Uh, I mentioned the uh, the Bucks uh, quickly here. Uh, they they wrapped up. Well, they actually began their offseason workouts. This is weird. You know, the CBA has prevented these guys um, from coming into the building essentially until uh, Monday, on April sixteenth. Uh, a week ago, you could come in if you had a new coach and whatnot. And it's really just phase one of the offseason workout program, which means it's it's mostly just lifting. If you're if if you're not really doing on the field work just yet. Uh, if you are, you're just with your position coaches. There's no offense or defense. 
Um, but symbolically, this was a, a big day because Deshaun Jackson showed up. <laughs> and, you know, Deshaun has not been one to spend a whole lot of the offseason here uh, in Tampa Bay and missed, I would say he probably appeared at about one out of every three OTAs last year. I don't know how much of the offseason he really did. Um, and, you know, it, it was interesting to listen to both him and Jameis Winston seemed to be on the same page now. They, they threw to each other for a little bit in, uh, in Tallahassee at Florida State uh, you know, a week ago. They spent two days together up there, not, not just throwing, but actually the time in, uh, in, in you know, sort of hanging out as, as boys, if you will, I think probably helps you a little bit too. And uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson uh, talked about why he thought it was important that he be there on the first day of off-season workouts. Yeah, I mean, it was important, uh, you know, just to show face. Uh, really just kind of set a standard, talk to Dirk, uh, talk to, you know, teammates. Um, you know, I, I have a routine. I usually um, go about training. You know, it's like, uh, you know, training a Ferrari or a Bentley, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I, I, I've had a successful rate on, you know, keeping my speed, being 11 years in and still being able to run fast. So um, I still want to be able to get back, you know, to California to do that. But, just really being here and just, you know, being the first day, just showing face and, like I say, just letting them know my plan and moving forward, um, you know, perception is reality. So as long as I'm able to get here and tell them, you know, what's going on and just not be a no-show and call over the phone, you know, I just wanted to, you know, be here, be face and show. You know, for the most part, I mean, I think Jackson has been proven uh, by Dirk Cutter, put on a tape, said he won a lot of his routes. Um, a lot of times they just did the ball just didn't find him. Um, but towards the end of the year, you know, I didn't, you know, when things started to go bad, I didn't think necessarily, you know, that the attitude was great. Um, and then, you know, of course, late in the year, he had the ankle injury, didn't play the last two weeks uh, when some other guys were fighting through those same injuries and managed to play. So the only thing that Deshaun has to do, he says, is sort of be accountable for himself. Being a professional, all you can do is worry about yourself. Um, you know, it's a team sport, it's a team game. So, as far as uh, taking accountability for anybody else as an individual, you can't do that. As long as you put your best effort forward, um, you know, and go out there and, and, and produce and, and work hard, that's all you can really ask for. Um, now, throughout the season, I mean, I'm sure, you know, every, everybody could do their job better. You know, that's it's being human. Um, felt I could probably could have done some things better as well, too. But on the overall sheet, I, I think I did a good job of going out and, you know, keeping my cool – you know, not blowing a fuse from, you know, my early days. And people probably say he's a cancer and things like that. So we've learned a lot. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating if you feel like you're a, a guy in this league and, you know, you make big plays and you can't get them big plays. So just something I kind of had to deal with last year. But, you know, I, I just hopefully say we can get back to that this year and just have fun, just go out there and, you know, just light light up the scoreboard and fire the cans. That's, that's what we're here for. So Jameis Winston also faced the media really the first time in the offseason to talk about what's been going on with him. And he said that, you know, having some chemistry with Deshaun Jackson and spending some time with him in the offseason has been very important. Uh, I feel great about it. You know, uh, obviously, uh, we got to continue to grow in our chemistry. Same thing with, with me and Mike from uh, from year one to year two. Uh, I think it's going to be a exciting year for him. Uh, I, I think me and him. Uh, I have had a, a bunch of conversations. You know, we got a chance to spend some time together this offseason. So uh, we're excited. He's happy. I'm happy. The NFL's investigation now rolls into its fifth month of Jameis Winston and the Uber driver incident back from March of 2016 and had a chance to talk to Winston and asked him if he is interviewed with the National Football League yet. No. 
Now, both Jason Light, the general manager, and Dirk Cutter have said they've been frustrated about the slow pace of the investigation. How about Winston? Well, I, I know the NFL has a process that they have to go through, and I, and I respect that process, and it's not my, my job to speculate on that process. My focus has been with this organization, with getting the guys back in here and, and focusing on what we can do to become a better team uh, this offseason. So we'll have a lot more from Jameis Winston and Deshaun Jackson and also had a chance to talk to Ali Marpet. And we'll play some of that sound in those interviews with uh, for you as the week uh, continues. Meanwhile, of course, it's all about Game Four on Wednesday. Now that series with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they lead two to one after their five to two loss to the New Jersey Devils. But do not lose faith because, really, Steve, all these hockey series have sort of gotten a little tighter now. Well, look, Boston had a two zero lead. They go to Toronto. They lose four to two on Monday night. Uh, Nashville had a 2-0 lead over Colorado. They go into Colorado. They lose 5-3. to Now they're leading their series 2-1. to um, That's what happens at playoff time is, you know, as we said, series don't begin until you lose a home game, until someone loses a home game. And no one's lost a home game in this series yet. So, you know, and I thought the Lightning played very well again on Monday night. I just think, you know, they lost some composure. They took some bad penalties in the third period and a, a phantom penalty, in my opinion. And, you know, that, that kind of cost them the game and the momentum and, and, and that. So you come out Wednesday, there's no reason the Lightning, you know, can't put the same type of effort in and have a really good shot at winning that one. Well, they need to take control of this series. I mean, you don't want to see them give away that, uh, you know, the 2-0 lead totally, but they'd be going back home to Emily Arena. So you're right. We still got a long ways to go. I mean, that's why all these teams are in the postseason, and it is it's truly postseason hockey now. And it means this there is, is a Game easy. 5 Saturday at Emily Arena, time TBD. Yeah, we think in the afternoon for that one. You think, or that would be my guess. I, I you know, mm-hmm. based on last Saturday, if NBC is going to have the same schedule, and I don't know that they will, but if they're going to, my guess is Boston Toronto is going to get the evening slot again, like they did last Saturday. Because uh, sure. there, there will be a game five in that series now on Saturday, and that the Lightning would then pull that three o'clock slot, assuming NBC's got the same schedule. I don't know if they do or not, so it's just pure speculation at this point. Well, we'll have it all for you here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, We're here every Monday through Friday uh, to talk about Tampa Bay sports. Of course, the Lightning in their run in the NHL playoffs and the Tampa Bay Rays trying to straighten straighten themselves out after what's been just a horrible start. And the Bucs now getting ready for the offseason. And we're only, what, 10 days or 9 days away from the NFL draft, so we're going to have lots of draft coverage for you as well. We appreciate all the feedback that you've given us, and you can always reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me at NFL Stroud or send me an email at rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love for you to rate and review this podcast. And where can they do that, Steve? Anywhere you get your podcasts, whether you subscribe to us at iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, you can rate and review us there. Or, of course, you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports. They have the latest episode there. Feel free to leave your comments and rate and review it there, too. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you tomorrow for Steve Verstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.